Welcome to Unfederated, a podcast for freelancers hosted by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but have found a way to make a living doing what they love. I'm here with my co-host, Rob. Hi, Rob. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Pretty good. How's Chattanooga? You know, it's pretty good. Good, good old Chattanooga. How's, how's, uh, how's life in the, in the Rockies? <laughs> uh, Denver's great. It's, it's hot. It's hot and nothing grows here. <laughs> um, that's generally true. So uh, I have a question for you, and it is, um, how, what do you wish you had known about sales and networking? And ask differently, how do you, what have you learned since you've been doing this on your own about sales and networking? Mm. Yeah, so th- this is, um, this is probably, sales and networking is probably up there on the list, if not the top of the list of things that I was kind of dreading about going solo. Okay. Uh, it's not something I enjoy doing per se. And so the first bit of time I really had to like, you know, take my medicine, so to speak and get out there. And I just kind of made a commitment to like, anytime someone asked me to coffee, anytime there was a, like, you know, a meetup or whatever that even was remotely relevant things that when I was full-time employed, like I would have said, Oh, I don't have time for that thing. Right. You know, but, um, but as a freelancer, I like made a commitment to go to those things. Like how many things a week are we talking here? Oh, at the beginning, probably only two or three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and, yeah, part of that because you know, I, I, I wasn't naturally creating those situations. I was just taking up the opportunity that like fell in my lap Mm -hmm. more so if that makes sense. Um, not a lot of initiating on my part. Um, but you know, after a season of doing that, I really had to take a step back and be like, is this helpful? Right. Like I'm meeting a lot of people. Okay. Um, I've gotten some kind of referral ish kind of like opportunities, but none of them have been something that really is in my sweet spot. Okay. It's just been things. Uh, most of them kind of lower quality or smaller opportunity kind of kind of deals, mm-hmm. and so it made me I don't know it made me question whether that was uh, the best use of time. And then I, I actually heard um, I think it was a podcast I can't remember where I found this, but I heard a, uh, of a guy being interviewed that had written a book that essentially challenged the idea of networking, and he really made the argument that you don't need to know more people. You need to know the people, you know, better, um, that referrals and that are, are going to come from people who know you well and say, Oh my gosh, you need digital marketing. You need to talk to my boy, Rob. You know what I mean? Right. Vers- versus this notion that like, um, I just need to be out there shaking hands and kissing babies all the time. And that like, <laughs> you know, all these other like high profile people are going to be out there doing that too. And we're going to come in contact and, I'm going to say some witty thing and my charisma and, you know, magic's just going to happen and Dreamweaver is <laughs> going to start playing in the background. And then That's like, weirdly you know, romantic. <laughs> we're going to do this deal, right? Right. And the deal's done right there as you pass that business <laughs> yeah, card yeah. over. <laughs> Boom. Um, but, you know, and so for an introvert like myself, this notion of saying, the, okay, the way our, you just described networking makes it very clear you're introverted. <laughs> Uh-huh. So yes, go ahead. Uh-huh. Surprise everyone. You're an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As an introvert, like that is 
not appealing at all, right? Sure. Um, and but this notion of saying, okay, what I should do is pour more into the relationships I already have, such that people have a good understanding of who I am, like from a character standpoint, from a personality standpoint, and then also have a good understanding of what I do, so that when those organic opportunities come along, they can say, Hey, you know, I really think you need to talk to Rob. I think he could be a big benefit to this, you know, thing that we're talking about now. Right. Cause I, I know him well enough that I actually understand what it is he does and what he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And know, like trust him, like feel, feel well, of, you know, think well of him um, versus this notion of, Oh, I met this guy at this thing. Let me like fumble through a big stack of cards on my desk and talk and find the thing. The Rolodex. The guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scroll through the Rolodex. Yeah. Um, and, and make that connection. And, and that was really relieving to me from the standpoint of not having to do crap that I don't want to do. Right. But also, also like it feels a lot more human, you know, like <laughs> it feels like as a person, like I, I wish there were all these people I wish I had more time to spend with and knew better and had a, a better relationship, a, a deeper relationship. And this is kind of giving, permission to do that in a way that, uh, I'm not doing it just so I can get work. I'm doing it to, you know, be a better friend or better, you know, um, acquaintance or whatever. But, um, but the, the notion of kind of doing sales and networking that way, um, I don't know. It was really enlightening to me. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We've, spoken about this before and I found that it was just so true and, and I'm sure you'll put in our show notes this this book that um we're talking yeah, about we're gonna topic. we're gonna find it <laughs> uh, we're gonna find that book <laughs> or maybe you could remind us if anyone knows of it um yeah. so uh but we do have show notes um they we talked about it before and I had found that that was so true because um I love going to networking events and when you're a lawyer your networking events always have an open bar because nobody would show up if it didn't. <laughs> so it's just this. Maybe like... <laughs> that's where our philosophies on networking <laughs> they, they differ wildly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so the open bar thing, big benefit. Um, and I'm downtown, so it's like always been very easy for me to go. I, I've gone routinely to networking events the whole time that I've been at law firms, just because I like them and I like seeing people there. Um, but to your point, if I'm exchanging business cards with somebody and just like, Hey, nice to meet you. What do you do? I'm not a lawyer. You know, they're doing something normal, non-lawyer and I'm a lawyer and the odds that they actually reach out or something comes of it are decent, but that'll happen in the next like four days, mm -hmm. you know? And after that, like I could probably run into them again and have the exact same conversation and exchange the exact same business cards. And we might not remember until we like uh, looked on LinkedIn and realized we had already connected mm -hmm. and that that had happened before. So it's um, more uh, short lived. Uh, whereas since you've mentioned that, I've kind of let myself chill out a little bit um, in the last couple of months and not like hit the networking scene and shaken a bunch of hands or babies or whatever. <laughs> and, um, just kind of invested more in my, like the people I just genuinely enjoy hanging out with who are in my field of which there are so many and it doesn't really make sense. You know, once you mentioned this concept and I started thinking about it, it didn't make sense for me to be 
you know, not hanging out with my friends who are good. You know, we have tons in common. We like doing everything together and we're in similar spaces, um, but I'm not hanging out with them. I'm going talking to a room full of like 30 strangers who, you know, that's a numbers game maybe, but really um, it's proven that the people I'm actually friends with and know on a more uh, personal and professional level more deeply are the people that wind up giving you um, more and better referrals. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I don't know, this, this seems like a myth that, um, that I, a lot of people buy into that I've certainly bought into the, the notion that like, uh, I think about at least in our area, like the chamber is kind of like the quintessential, like the chamber of commerce is oh, the quintessential, gotcha. like, uh, you know, networking on Thursday mornings, breakfast thing that they put on. And it's just like, it's, it's a room full of all, all people who are looking to get something out of it. Right. And, and there's like very few people in the room that are there that have something to give, Yeah, you know? And, and so there's this like air suck that's going on in the room. Um, and, and this notion, and and so, well, I'll ask this too, because I'm in Chattanooga, a, a much smaller city than Denver. Like, to me, I think something this author said and actually um, found the book, so um, <laughs> get ready, world. Um, something he mentioned in it was, like, if there was someone that you wanted to be connected with, chances are by just having a wider footprint of people whom you know, well, um, you could bridge that connection. Yeah. You know, you, you would know someone that would introduce you to that person. And that is, that is certainly true in Chattanooga and it's, it's of a size and especially in the, the part of Chattanooga that I, you know, uh, work, live and play like, you know, absolutely true. I don't know. Do you feel that way in Denver? Do you feel like if, if you, you know, a new company comes along or there, you, you hear of a, a particular person that you feel somewhat empowered that you could make that connection if, um, through, through mutual friends? Um, that's a good question. Probably less so than you, uh, feel that way. Cause you've just got, um, a more finite group of, of people to deal with. Um, but I do, I do feel that way. I, well, I will say I do find myself regularly being the recipient of messages from friends, um, a lot of um, female friends who are lawyers who will say, hey, I saw a job opening at this place. Who do you know over there? You know, mm -hmm. um, and or who it'll be to four of us. Who do we know who's at you know this company? And um, usually there's somebody. Uh, so so it must be true. <laughs> um, it, it must be true. And I, and I think, you know, maybe you're more likely if you have a whole bunch of I guess we we're using the terms like wide and shallow relationships. Perhaps um, you're more likely to know someone who knows that person, but you're less likely to have the type of relationship you can leverage to make a meaningful connection. So I agree that by having, you know, just investing in your existing relationships, plus you're organically going to find people you have more in common with. You're going to get to do stuff you enjoy more. It's going to be really authentic and not sleazy and creepy. <laughs> like, a, you know, you're not going to feel like a salesperson. You're just going to be getting to justify using some of your work hours to go to lunch with somebody you enjoy having lunch with anyways. <laughs> and then, you know, the result is equal to or better than um, having to go and 
um, like pound the pavement and hustle really hard. That being said, I hu- I hustle pretty hard according to all of my friends. They're saying I'm always at events and things like that. So I don't want to make it seem like I just live a life of leisure with, um, you know, hanging out with only the people that I really um, know well and enjoy spending time with or anything. How has that changed going from the big firm to doing what you're doing now as far as uh, you've mentioned in several previous episodes, how much you were working before mm. was networking kind of rolled into that work quote air quotes uh, work that you were doing, or do you feel like you have just a lot more capacity to do that? Like perhaps are you doing that more now, more so than your contemporaries because you have the freedom to, to exercise that? I've always uh, networked. And I think I mentioned when I moved to Denver, um, it was like, uh, the last, it was January, it was December 31st. And, um, I didn't know a single person in Denver and I had this little studio apartment and two months to study for the bar. And there were like three feet of snow outside of my window. <laughs> um, and so I really didn't know a soul. I took the February bar and then I made myself, um, I didn't, I didn't have a job lined up or anything, no prospects even, um, in Colorado. Um, but I made myself do those at least five networking events a week. And even doing that, it did take me um, at least six months from when I started doing that um, to get an offer at a law firm. So I think I kind of set a pace for myself, just networking and going out there. And I got involved in a lot of groups. I'm very involved in the Bar Association still. And I started a lot of stuff when I was looking for my first ever job like seven years ago that I'm still really um used to and I want to see those people and I want to catch up with them and it's this community thing that I've built so I did that more when I was working at um the really big firms or yeah the medium-sized firms and working a lot um I did that more than my contemporaries by like a, a huge measure um but less than I do now now I feel uh, very empowered to um do a lot more lunches and happy hours, but I have to be careful to not only do those things because I have the ability to control the way I space my time completely. So I've had to, you've been really good at kind of teaching me how to segment out certain days that you do meetings on and try not to have something so that you have a, like a breakfast, a lunch and a happy hour every single day of the week. You won't get any work done and you'll just be exhausted. So I don't know, like, how has it changed for you? Were you doing any networking before you left agency? Some, not a lot. I would say, if, if I'm being honest, um, how how much of that I was doing for the agency versus just for my own, I won't say my own benefit, but like my own interest, like things I was going to that would be considered networking events were often a little bit more out of out of my own personal curiosity than like choosing to go think to things that would, you know, quote unquote, help the firm. Yeah. Um, so we, and, and to some degree I still am, and this is probably ties into what I was saying a second ago. There's my, to my like ideal client. There's, there's maybe five of in town. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, a, a good majority of the clients that I work with now aren't in Chattanooga. And, and so like, you know, I, I will make day trips to neighboring cities that include some of my clients, um, quarterly probably, but for the most part, uh, you know, going out and doing, uh, doing, you know, the quote unquote networking stuff still 
it falls in that bucket. Like, you know, if I get a chance to meet someone who I've heard a lot about and just feel like it would be a, you know, a good thing for me to put a face with the name with whoever that is, like I still do it, but it's not necessarily because I, I feel like there's work to be gained. Yeah. You know, from doing that as, as much as it is like, um, you know, a little bit of the small town Chattanooga, like, you know, you hear of people, you hear of, uh, impressive people and you just kind of want, want to meet them if you can, you know? Um, so uh, I have, so here's the way I want to ask this question. What, yeah. uh, like, can you think of a specific example that of kind of the biggest, um, bang for your buck that you've gotten from a networking thing? Like I met when I was thinking about going out on my own, I met with a good friend of mine, Lara Zarzecki. Um, and she's, she's told me, she was like, you know, it'll be something you don't expect. Like she had given some talk, about um it was something very obscure like commercial leases or something um and she'd gotten more work from that one you know hour talk she gave for some chamber of commerce or something than anything else she had tried to do it was this hugely like lucrative thing that she wound up doing and she said you know be on the lookout because something will really catch um, has there been one thing that's been more useful than others for you? And has there been conversely something that was just really, it didn't have any results of any leads or business? Like as you're, as you're asking that, I'm trying to think, okay, who are my clients and how did I get them? Yeah. Um, I, I got one through Facebook group. I got one <laughs> through someone asking for recommendations on Twitter and then someone that I know roping me into that conversation. Okay. Um, I, I got a similar, like someone asking for recommendations on Facebook and then the other clients I have were just personal relationships with people that I knew before even going out on my own. Oh, wow. Um, and so, so I don't think, um, I, you know, I, I don't know as far as, as a freelancer that, that, really any of those things have been that benefit. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of what I would have done that would have been beneficial. And, and so far that just hasn't been a thing. Yeah. So it's not, it's just unintentional. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've had so many, uh, wonderful attorneys refer, uh, things to me, but one that I never expected was, uh, I just, I didn't even view it as that type of thing, but, um, Right after I uh, decided to go out on my own, there was like a three-day seminar they have every year the Colorado Bar Association puts on, and it's um, like just a workshop on solo practitioners, uh, and <laughs> I went to that um, just because I was freaking out because I, you know, I just woke up and didn't have work to go to. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and um showed up with my binder my highlighters like i'm doing something it's real and i was there to learn you know how to find insurance you like and uh you know all of the really like nitty-gritty of setting up uh, i think it was called like hanging out a shingle Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh it was not i did not think it would lead to i didn't even view it that way but i met all of these people who were in a similar boat to me and I guess because of the marketing of the event, it was mostly like criminal law and family law and um, maybe some wills and estates and personal injury and things I don't practice. So it was really, really useful. And I still have people who will call me up that I met, you know, two years ago at that three-day workshop 
who uh, <laughs> know that I'm the only like commercial contracts attorney. So that's been uh, you know surprisingly lucrative. Yeah, that's super funny. Um, I have her I, a contemporary of mine, like uh, someone I know that's also uh, doing in a similar industry in a similar town. Um, that's uh, that's going so low. They have seen a lot of success from doing. It's kind of what you're insinuating. Like, don't don't go to the meat market. You know, right? Um, go <laughs> to some sort of random offshoot where instead of you know there being the choice of you know uh, ten people that do exactly what you do for them to choose from, where you're the only person in the room that remotely has that skill set and. And so, like, this individual has been joining. They, they've made a real uh, work out of Facebook groups, and they've been, like, getting super involved in a whole bunch of different Facebook groups that are not geared towards digital advertising, you know. Right. Um, and, and so when there's a question about digital, they're the only, you know, person in the room that can answer that, and that's been a, a fairly good channel for them. And, and that concept is, you know, is fantastic because you're you're talking about, a very similar thing to take offline and it's just being, you know, instead of going to the, you know, the advertising trade show yeah. of sorts, like instead spending some time, uh, I, I did a negotiation workshop uh, a couple of months back and uh, that kind of reminded me of, of an offline version of that same concept in that there's not another marketing person in the room. And I spend four days getting to know a whole bunch of other local business people. Oh, that's fantastic. And I was taking it to learn the skill. Right. But like all of a sudden I found myself in this place of, um, you know, a bunch of generally speaking sales folks, right. marketing minded folks that were in charge of doing some negotiation for their firm. And, and here I am being the only person in the room that is familiar with that. Um, it's like the so, bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're uh, the, you want to be the only one of something. <laughs> Hopefully, like the only guy, if you're on The Bachelor, your uh-huh. odds are great if that's the case. Um, yes. But I think that much like The Bachelor, yeah, everything's with, like The Bachelor. Everything with they the keep roses. Giving me roses. Like I just wish they'd pay their invoices. You get voted off the island. I'm, yeah, we're mixing metaphors. Oh, I've wait. not actually seen a lot of The Bachelor. Um, but I will say, I mean, I think what what all of these, the common denominator of all of these things that have worked well, even the Facebook groups, right? Because that's your, that's your jam. Like, you're really comfortable in those spaces and you have all these very authentic uh uh, relationships with people who are in the digital space and they uh, all of that like the most effective thing is always the most authentic thing so mm-hmm. going you know trying to pretend like you like football when you don't care about football at all and talk to a bunch of people and give out business cards and it's just painful like that's not ever going to be as successful as finding whatever weird thing that you actually enjoy is <laughs> and, and people who are like-minded who happen to be in your industry and they exist somewhere and you'll you'll have more uh, stamina for it <laughs> and it'll usually be more mm-hmm. effective does that sound right to you yeah i think so and Really, the piece of that that's that's interesting to me is that I go to those channels for other reasons. Like, you know, as far as like the folks that do what I do in Chattanooga, there's there's maybe three people whose abilities I 
that do what I do, who, who have the ability that I respect that I feel like I could learn something from. Yeah. And, you know, of those three people, two of them are competitors perhaps, <laughs> you know, and the other one is, is just like, you know, there's, so there's one other person that I could have honest and open dialogue where, you know, if, go to if Twitter. you're listening to this and you're wondering, is that me? It is. It's you. Uh-huh. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Um, t- take that concept to Twitter and all of a sudden you've got, um, I mean, that's where I'm going to learn from people whom I respect. Right. Right. And y- you have the fortune of, uh, of having some, if, if not a lot of that locally. Right. And you've mentioned your, um, uh, independent law group and some other channels like that, that you've got. And, and so to me, I'm already hanging out in those places for those reasons. And so, uh, it's just kind of, you know, the, a marginally bigger step to also use that as a, as a channel to co- cultivate, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's as much about networking as it is sales. Right. And we probably should pay some mind to the fact that those are very different things. I guess so. <laughs> having worked, so having worked for a couple different professional services firms, like sales and marketing get lumped together a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just kind of one in the same. And, and that's, you know, I think a lot of people miss the boat on that because really, you know, sales is one of several things that fall under the marketing umbrella, but just one of, you know, and, and what are the other things? <laughs> I'm a professional service provider. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, it's gotta be like, so marketing is about brand recognition, about building goodwill. I'd imagine, um, you know, about actually converting, uh, leads into sales, I feel like, or terms people use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think we'll, we'll look at this scenario. You're out marketing a product mm-hmm. that has a really bad reputation and that doesn't seem to meet a need that the consumer has that you're, that you're selling it to. Okay. You know? Give me like an example. <laughs> um, let's say, Okay, say you sell the corn baller from Arrested Development. <laughs> okay. You know, and you're in charge of signing new accounts for the corn baller, okay. and it has this fatal flaw where it's burning people. Um, <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with this analogy, we'll attach a YouTube video. Sure. Um, and, like, and, and so it's something that people don't necessarily need. It doesn't fulfill that need in a very strong way. Like your job as a salesperson just got infinitely more difficult. You know, um, where if you're going out into the market selling a product where the the brand has a good reputation, um, it's it's clear to the audience what that product or service does to meet the needs of the people for whom it was designed. Um, all of these other elements, then that's that's an easy sell, you know. And so uh, I, I often think uh, this notion that kind of like marketing is everything, like everything from like the first you know, walking into the showroom or calling the, the, you know, 1-800 number all the way through like, you know, the guy coming to install it in your house and the, the booties he puts on his work boots to not track mud into your home, you know, like from, from the very beginning, all the way through like the final invoice you get are all marketing touch points. And, and a lot of businesses only look at kind of that first part as marketing, like from, from initial contact to when we get the deal signed, you know? And, and, you know, there's too much, this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but there's too much, um, 
transparency and accountability in today's world that didn't exist 20 years ago, <laughs> right? Everyone has a voice that can get online and share their experience and that can work for you or against you. You know, if you're super serving your clients and you come and do the thing that you say you're going to do ab above their expectations for how it would, uh, were to be done, yeah. then like, holy crap, they're going to go tell the world about it. And unfortunately the opposite of that is true as well. And so, you know, how your product is positioned in the marketplace, how it's communicated, what channels it's communicated through are all part of the marketing, you know, package. And then going out and selling that good or service is just one piece of that, you know, and you hope that the other things are done well so that you're, the people you're going to sell to have heard of you are familiar with the product, um, feel like you have a good understanding of, of their problem that you're designed to solve, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but to, to kind of think of them as two in the same means you're probably not doing either super well. That's, uh, that's one of the ways that I learned so much from you being in such a stodgy field. <laughs> Cause that's a really good point that I haven't put, um, a lot of thought into. Uh, I mean, you know, you're intentional about the way you treat your clients, obviously, and sending invoices and in every interaction, but to really view it as marketing is, is more accurate, frankly, because you're more like, once you bring somebody through the door and they're already your client, they're more likely to be your repeat client than yeah. a stranger off the street. So they should be getting, you know, like laser focus marketing that should, you know, every communication and every, um, phone call and in the way like this is silly but now I realize I've been kind of toying with whether it's better very small issue whether it's better to have somebody call me at the appointed time for a meeting or me call them mm -hmm. and I've recently decided having them call me is better because I think when I get when they're not ready for a call yet and like their attorney calls it's like discombobulating and you know, is the clock running and, you know, all of these things. Whereas if they need to be seven minutes late and then call me, they can know that I'm sitting there working, doing things ready in the office <laughs> available. But I, I go back and forth on which one of those is perceived better. And I realize now that that's an actual point that I'm marketing myself. Like that's a huge uh, perception issue f for me and customer facing basically. Yeah. It's all part of the experience, yeah. you know, and you could call that customer service. You could call that, you know, the marketing, the brand experience. Um, another aspect of that, that is kind of like, um, we dealt with this a little bit when I was, I was working for a, another professional services firm here locally, but, uh, like flat rate invoices, like you're in a world where you're getting billed by the minute, you know, by the six minute increment right. or whatever. And, and that's a whole, that makes so much sense if you work inside a law firm or an accounting firm or a, you know, what have you, but like nobody else in the world operates that way, right. you know? And so the notion that you're going to get an invoice that for services that you've received 
and you don't know how much it's going to be. Yeah. And, and like, you're required to pay that. Like imagine that in any other world, Yeah, you know, like Com- Comcast shows up at your house and says, well, you know, this month we had to repair some lines. So we're going to charge you even more yeah. for your cable, <laughs> you know, like get out of here. Like I'm not paying that. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, flat rate invoices or, or, you know, or giving, agreed upon yeah, quotes and uh, updates. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's always struck out to me as something interesting because, um, you know, lawyers and accountants and, and folks like that kind of get a pass in that area in a way that most advertising agencies don't like they still expect a quote from us. And, right. and like, if things take longer, that's our problem. Like, yeah. you, you know, not, not the clients and, and that's different in your all's world. Um, although uh, you could probably speak to this, you end up doing, um, there's kind of this arbitrary amount that if you exceed, you end up having to write it off or, or cut it down or, right. or whatever. So there's kind of this weird gut feeling that goes with what's, what is enough uh, as far as invoices and billing goes. Yeah. It's super, it's super weird in my, in my space because, you know, and I think I've said this before to you, but um, it, when I'm trying flat rate, uh, the only time I'm not getting screwed is when I feel like the client might be getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to hit the right moment, but the best way I've found is to just say, Hey, I think this, you know, this typically takes me and I'll go back and I'll average last three and I'll say, you know, this typically takes me 3.2 hours. Um, but you know, the more we do do with it, the, the more it's going to be. And then I try and I, this is a customer facing, this is marketing, right? I try to keep in mind when it hits that um, outside threshold of what we talked about and shoot an email and say, hey, just FYI, we're at this amount of hours, but you know, obviously we've had a lot more discussions than we expected, or we're getting a lot more um, kickback than what we initially thought about, but I just wanted you to know. And usually that's plenty to put people at ease, but it's also very difficult because there's no mechanism in um, that I'm aware of in legal billing software to like alert you to that stuff. So you just have to keep tabs on every single person what you indicated was likely when you've it's quite difficult i need to probably work uh on a better system to flag that kind of issue Mm -hmm. yeah i remember having a conversation with accounting firm that i was working with and they were like you don't understand every one of our projects is different and from an advertising perspective you wouldn't get that and and i was like Whoa, this is bizarre world. Because from where I'm coming from, like, <laughs> yeah. you're just filling out a form, and, and like, you know. And and also, success is very clearly defined in your space. And yeah. like, if the forms filled out, like you did, you did an okay job. And uh, in my world, not only out of necessity is the the, the deliverable of every project need to be unique in some way, um, but also you can do a phenomenal job of something and take it back to the client and then just like arbitrarily, I don't like this. And then, and you failed, you know, Hmm. and, and everyone's an expert when it comes to, you know, um, advertising in a way that that's not the case often, uh, at least in my experience with say accounting, because most people don't know what they're looking at. Right. You know, very few of the clients are intelligent enough to be like, Oh, well you, you missed this deduction or you didn't fill out this worksheet properly. Um, 
Well, because if you pay somebody to do that, you the, the last thing you want to do is like, <laughs> yeah, do it yourself. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, going through and asking yeah. tons and tons of questions. Yeah. So from, I'll ask this question too, and and I think in a future episode we're going to talk about kind of the natural progression that that. Uh, we think that the freelancer career takes as far as like building your business and and refining your business over time. But as someone now that has maybe not like all the work you want, but plenty enough work to make your living, how has that changed your approach to doing networking? Um, How like, you know, you're not necessarily going to, to try to, sign big, you know, sign big (laughs) engagements. Um, but you don't want to quit doing networking or quit selling yourself in the event that, yeah, you know, uh, six months from now you wish you hadn't have stopped. Well, and I guess I will say, you know, maybe it's easy sitting where I'm sitting to say, Oh, I don't really feel the need to hustle as hard as yeah, with a stack of business cards in my pocket and going at 5:30 to every, you know an event every single night. Um but that is what I'm doing when when I'm like you know when I haven't had enough work and I want to put myself out there um more. So I guess the way it's changed is when I have enough um business going on, I'm able to be more confident in kind of um you know those deep just nurturing those deeper relationships and not really uh working super hard to expand my network just more solidify it mm-hmm. um so i think that's the biggest shift but when you know if things slow down i'm more likely to to start going to more events but that's also because if things are slower i'm more likely to be like okay well what do i want to learn right now and then go to those kind of like your negotiation academy uh, stuff like you're you're going to negotiation negotiation workshop because that's something you wanted to learn and you had the time mm-hmm. to do it and there you're going to meet a lot of people um so i would say that that's that's the way when i have more work i'm um doing more just i think that's an interesting dynamic because if you are looking for long-term sales then you you behave and do certain things. And if you're looking for short-term sales, you behave and do another set of things. And often it's the short-term sales ones that kind of give people the, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's the one that kind of makes you want to run. Yeah. And, um, but it's the long-term ones that feel so much more natural, organic, and usually lead to better, at least in my experience, better projects absolutely you know, better, yeah. better clients and so there is that element of kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy of yeah. of being able to transition from like hey i need to make rent this month so i'm gonna go out and try to find some work versus hey you know my goal for 2018 is to get two more clients that look like x yeah so i'm you know i'm doing something much different in how i approach what you know my my sales process yeah, if you can put yourself in a position where you're, you're not uh, in any way, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a synonym for like feeling desperate, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. I'll just say, you know, um, you're you're able to intentionally navigate your career because every client you take is a 
is a step towards the way your career is going to look in five years, you know? So what do you want it to look like in five years and make sure you're not deviating wildly from that um, because you need to make rent. <laughs> right. I think that's really smart to keep in mind and probably the long game and the more authentic game is going to result in better clients. Um, and if you're busy with a bunch of um, folks that are not maybe the best fit for you as far as clients because they need something that's not in your wheelhouse or um, they're not that goal you picture for your client base five years from now, um, you're not going to have space for the, the ones that come along um, mm -hmm. that fit the bill more closely and who you're a better fit for. Yeah, I think that's totally true. I think that's, and we'll probably talk about it more in the next episode, but that's probably one of the hardest traps I think to overcome is that notion of getting busy because you need to get busy, Yeah, but it's with a lower quality work and then trying to transition that to staying busy, but with the kind of work you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest challenges. Um, well, so I'll ask one other question and, and we'll kind of wrap up and this is, you know, the topic of, of sales networking. And we've talked about marketing a little bit too, but are you, are you doing anything, any advertising or marketing to assist in, uh, your sales or networking? Is, is there anything going on parallel with those efforts that you feel like is, uh, you know, uh, providing value. Oh, like, um, you know, not just like be ha building relationships and going to networking events. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of stuff that kind of incidentally, uh, has that effect without meaning to. And I've done, you know, things like, um, it, you know, last summer I got all into gaming, <laughs> gaming Avo, <laughs> you know, like how do you mm -hmm. get your Avo rating up? Because is that, is that like you're wearing a headset and you're in your mom's basement yeah. and you're, yes. you know, I was a gamer. 12 year old from Ohio. Well, yeah, it's cause I'm so technologically sophisticated. It involved <laughs> like one Google search of like how to increase your Avo score <laughs> and then new window <laughs> attempt to do those things. It was a real game. Um, <laughs> Remind us what Avo is. Avo is like an attorney rating, uh, uh website. So AVVO, uh -huh. um, if you Google a lawyer's name, a lot of times it's one of the first results to come up. So um, a big portion of the star, it's like a star rating, you know, out of 10 mm -hmm. or something. Um, and I didn't really give it any credit, but Christina, um, who I am partners with at a firm, and she has gotten a lot of uh, clients like exclusively through Avo, which is mind-blowing. And also has has had a lot of people who hear from her, uh, hear of her, and then look her up and see she has a good AVA rating. They're like, oh, this is really edifying. Let's move forward. So it does matter um, to the perception. So, like, I've tried to increase that. Um, I try to make sure and keep my LinkedIn super up to date. Um, I do uh, pretty regularly post blog articles that never get read, but they at least are, uh, you know, keeping the website. Like I think when you make changes to your website, that helps for SEO purposes, according to that one Google <laughs> that I did that game, the time I was a gamer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of online stuff that I'm kind of doing as well. And then also I'm not going to like I don't want to be that person who only talks about their scooter, but like, 
<laughs> I see so but here many, we are, yeah, back here at the we Red are Fist. again, and like, like I see so many people just on the street when I'm on my scooter, and I'm like, like honk honk, like hey, and then I'll just exchange a couple of words with them, and then scooter on, and it's great. It's a great way to just like run into people and have people remember you exist. Yeah. How about you? What are you doing in addition to your extreme prowess <laughs> on the social networking scene? Yeah, well, I try to, and, and again, this is, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very much staying in my lane and it's, it's a challenge because, um, I'll use this analogy. I, I manage Google AdWords for a lot of clients. If you try to run Google ads for, for your services as, as someone that runs Google ads, it's like inception. I mean, it's just like <laughs> the most, it, it's the most crowded space you could possibly advertise for that particular service because literally everyone offers that service. That's, that's what they know, you know? Sure. And so the, the, the clicks cost an absorbent amount and it's, it's insane. Um, so I have been trying to be pretty diligent about content marketing again, introvert. I'd rather sit and write and think and read articles and put together something that I feel like is thoughtful that I'm proud of to publish than talking to strangers about, their cats or whatever, you know? <laughs> and, and so I, I've done a lot of that. And part of that has been to get in front of new eyeballs. And the other part of it is to make sure that I'm constantly reaffirming who I am in the minds of the people that know me, Okay, you know, and I try to make sure all of that content is consistent with, you know, Oh, Rob's the guy that, that always is posting the stuff on, you know, on social media, on digital advertising, on marketing and on freelancing stuff, you know, and, and those are kind of, you know, d modern marketing and, and being a full-time freelancer, are kind of the two buckets that I try to make sure all of my content is in so that if you're thinking or doing, have, having activity in either one of those spaces, hopefully I'm the person that comes to mind. And if you are, and you can digest some of my content along the way, great. Um, that's one of those things that, that I, the, you know, besides being an introvert, the other thing I like a lot about it is it doesn't really cost me anything. It's, it's just a time commitment, yeah. you know? And so, um, when I have opportunities or when I have kind of this often, probably more so when I have this burning desire to, to communicate something to people right? and, uh, usually it's pretty nerdy. Usually it's for a very segmented you know, population and none of them live in my home where I work. And, and so like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything to anybody to talk to about those things, right. you know? So like, it gives me an opportunity to, um, to talk, to start a conversation with people that care about that particular thing. But also I, I think there's something really interesting about the notion of developing your own thought on something and sharing it with the world to like, to force you to really think through it in a way that, you're not leaving any low hanging fruit for someone to just come in and criticize what you've written or, you know, uh, totally dispel your theory. You're really, it forces you to be, you know, pretty buttoned up on, on your hypothesis before you introduce it out there. And I think that's a really helpful process for me. And I often see that making to, to kind of bring it back into sales and, and, and networking it, I, I see those things come in a lot with the conversations I have when I'm going through the sales process with a new client 
because they'll, they'll ask me about different things. And for me to have strong and thoughtful opinions about the different aspects of what it is I do right. and opinions that I feel like are somewhat tested and I, I feel confident and, you know, taking the stand on, I think that has helped the sales funnel or sales process a lot for me because I'm able to speak with some level of conviction about those things versus just spouting off stuff I've, you know, read on blogs. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and I think it translates to my industry a hundred percent that it like, I, yeah, that's a perfect way of articulating that after I do something new for a client, a lot of times that's when I write a blog post because I've just learned all this stuff and, um, you know, I want to take it that next level because even if you've just learned it, like you said, it, it, it you have to learn it better to be able to explain it and have an opinion, uh, on it. So why not take that extra 10%, um, super unbillable time and, you know, create content, put it out there. And then you at least be able to read your own content to refresh your memory later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a challenge to go back and read those things. And sometimes you just look like just a complete um, idiot. And then other times, you know, it gives you, uh, I even recently was in the sales process and, and someone was like, Hey, I'm talking to this other agency. They think this, what do you think? And I think, Oh, I think that's insane. I think the total opposite of that. And I actually have thought that for six years. <laughs> Here's a link to, you know, a post I wrote some time ago. Wow. And, and you know, I can point to ways I feel like that has continued to be true over time or what have you. And, um, and, and even if it's not just like I told you so kind of aspect yeah. to, to be able to send a link to something that you've written that's long form and thoughtful yeah. to a client that says like, Hey, here are my thoughts on this subject. I'm not going to write you this Mondo email right. and, and write it all out multiple times, but like succinctly and, and thoughtfully, here's how I put that together. And, and I can now send you that link along with three or four paragraphs that translates that to the conversation we're having. Yeah. Um, and some, there's just a lot of efficiency to be gained by doing that, you know, to pull, to pull those in and, in ways that, uh, help move things along. I think that's a great point that you just really sold the concept of (laughs) of creating content, but don't do it if you're a digital marketer, because it's a crowded space and I don't want to compete with you (laughs) (laughs) or a lawyer, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Do it. Just do it your way. We're all different. Yeah. It'll be good. Be authentic. Any other thoughts burning inside of you that you want to share with the world about uh, sales and networking? No, sir. <laughs> Hard no. Cool. Hard no. Consult your physician. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, um, I will ask of you, the listener, uh, two things. One, if you would be so kind, it would mean the world to us if you would, would. review us and rate us on iTunes. Hopefully, well. Uh, if you're listening. Yeah. If you're listening to this episode in the podcast app on your iPhone, you can just go to the podcast and scroll all the way to the bottom, like below the list of all the episodes. And at the bottom, you can do that. And it would take you about 15 seconds. And it would it would mean a lot to us. It would. It does. And thank you to everyone who has done that. Yes. Thank you. It's going really well. Uh, the second thing is if you want to get in touch with Sarah I, if you have questions, thoughts, feedback, comments, inquiries, uh, you can do that at unfederated.studio. Uh, just click the contact link in the header and uh, you'll get in touch with us and we would love to hear from you uh, regardless of what you have to share. We've gotten some really encouraging emails from folks already uh, just sharing how different aspects of what we've talked about have been meaningful to them and that helps us a lot and helps kind of guide the, the things we talk about. Um, so whether it's just asking a, an, an honest question or just giving us your thoughts on things, it, it means a lot. It does. All right. Thanks. All right. 
next week. Bye. See ya.